Hello and welcome to the first in a new edition of Tammy Ginders. If you are new to this programme, it is a wonder, I suppose, that we've been given a new series. But here we are exploring the wild and the wonderful of the Isle of Man and maybe just those little things that you've sometimes wondered about. It could be anything and it probably will be. Well, here we are again. Here we are indeed. You know, I'm really looking forward to this series, actually, because we have got a lot in the pipeline, some really exciting places to explore, all being well, and some interesting challenges along the way, which are going to be slightly different from previous series. And I've got a few. uh, I've tied a couple of little things in with, obviously, sustainability, very much the buzzword at the moment, isn't it? Green, sustainability, climate change going forward, COP26. And uh, I'll be starting off with something very simple, but linked in with what, something that can make a massive change. Gosh. There you are. I'm not wow. going to say more than that. You really know how to sell something, I don't you? you? It I'm, is, yeah. I'm it's, wondering already. This is something you do every day and you could change your habit a little bit and could make a big difference. Do you, how do you know my habit needs changing? Well, I don't necessarily. Right. Um, it's not it's not bathroom-based, obviously. It's just something I know I know for a fact because I can see you're doing it now. The mind boggles. As ever, if you would like to get in touch with us here on TMG, we would love to hear from you, particularly if there is a story that you've heard that you feel needs exploring in more detail or perhaps a building that you think we should go and have a quick look around. Uh, Always really happy to hear you. I still can't remember if we have a dedicated TMG email address, actually. No, I can't. um, We'll check on that. In the meantime, it's fairly easy because you can just do bethespy at manxradio.com E-S-P-E-Y, or Howard Kane at maxradio.com, and that's C-A-I-N-E, with any thoughts, comments, ideas, uh, things, yeah, might be worth exploring. Who knows? We're always delighted to hear from you, as long as they're... We prefer the bouquets, it's the brickbats, of course. Yes. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, <laughs> I on, want to kick things off today with um, a Tamagindis that came up... A couple of weeks ago for me. Do you know what? Let's just uh, listen to this. I will explain all. So technically, this Tamagindus is not set in the Isle of Man because I'm on holiday at the moment. It's half term and we are on a little family trip. And I'm just wondering how excited you can get your children about seeing an ancient historic place. I'm going to ask Ben, first of all, who at 14 is probably the best measure of how teenagers feel about such trips. Yeah, can't wait to see a wall. It's going to be exciting. You don't sound very convinced, but we are actually going to see part of Hadrian's Wall, which I think is quite exciting. Max, what can you tell me about Hadrian's Wall? You used to think your dad built it. Because his name was Adrian. I was only four or so at the time, but moving on from that. um, Holly, are you excited about seeing part of the wall? Not at all. It will be rubbish. Just a wall. So that's possibly the answer to my question about how excited you can get children. But we're fortunate. It is a beautiful day. The sun is shining. We're all here. We're it's all... very cloudy, so it's not the sun's not really shining. I can see blue sky. Don't be so pedantic. Yeah. I wonder why you bother taking children anywhere, hmm? So we are outside now the Burdus-walled Roman fort. And we've just been... 
uh, through the exhibition inside, which is lots of interactive activities for particularly younger people to do. And Ben, I saw you building a wall out of Lego. Uh, it's not bad inside, it's just a bit boring outside. Well, we are standing here by some of the stonework which would have housed in total around a thousand Roman soldiers. Thousand? Brilliant. Uh, it just doesn't look that, that light very much, does it? <laughs> it's not going to look exactly as it was, is it? Hey? So you're not convinced yet. This is actually going to be excavated over the next three years by people from Newcastle University. Would you fancy being part of that? Seeing if you can find any Roman artefacts underneath the soil? No. They're not going to be. Much, I can't buy anything with it. That's the spirit. And have you learnt anything, Max? Uh, it's 84 miles long. Nice to me. Um, I, I would do the excavation thing because, like, then you could just hide the stuff you find and then sell it. Right. Big box. And Holly, what are you thinking so far? Boring. All I like doing is running around. Honestly, waste of time. <laughs> but you know what? They'll remember this in years to come and they'll look back fondly at the places that we've taken them to. No, I don't think so. Right. That about summed it up really, didn't it? Why do you bother? Are all your holidays so educational for your children? <laughs> no, but we were just nearby, and who doesn't want to go and see something of such historic importance? Your children. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, stay tuned, because a little bit later we reverse it, and I let them take me somewhere that they wanted to go, and we'll see how that pans out. That sounds fair enough. I think my favourite was it. You'll remember this in years to come. No, I won't. <laughs> It's really boring. I just want to run around. Oh, dear. Wonderful stuff. Actually, no, I, I am with you in many ways because I found it. And to be fair, I didn't go when I was their age. I have been to Hadrian's Wall. And I was just saying, in the similar sort of area, I think, to where you were, I think it is Vindolanda, I think it is, an old Roman site there. And it's incredible there. And you can actually go on a dig. They still, every year, they sort of open up little sections of it. And people pay to go and basically have an archaeological holiday where you spend your two weeks on your hands and knees with a little trowel. And you will definitely find some bits of Roman pottery and bone and goodness knows what else. Might be something really exciting. It might be something run of the mill. But the way they've worked it there, and because of the nature of the soil and things, there are things like shoes, which you can still see the the nails and the markings on the leather are there, and even letters they've discovered, which because it hadn't rotted down, you could still see the writing on these bits of letters. And I remember reading one in one of the you know displays from it was a, a Roman you know a Roman centurion's wife or something. Say, oh, it's my birthday next week. Why don't you come around and have a few drinks or words to that effect in Latin? And I did find that genuinely gobsmacking. And I think I would as well. I wonder, just trying to get the Tamagindus thing in again. I wonder. I do wonder if it's just because we're those sort of people and we've got a natural interest in things from, you know, years gone by. And, we're you know, by the very nature of this programme, it's the sort of thing we're interested in. And maybe I just need to accept it's not for everyone. I do cling on to the hope that in the same way that we do drag them out for walks around the Isle of Man that they might moan about now, that they will look back fondly and actually it will become part of their everyday life and something that they do. Who knows? We Who knows? We, we do live in hope. We live in hope, as they say. We live in hope. <laughs> Onwards, ever onwards. I want to know more about this thing that I could do which would be more sustainable. Right, you want me to tell you now then? Yes, please. Right. You're doing it now. 
What am I doing? A cup of tea. Oh. A cup of tea. Do you know that a small change in the way you make your tea, and I know you have some different teas sometimes, but nonetheless the principle would still apply the same way, can make a real difference to the planet. Am I going to like the change? It will be painless. It will be painless. This is something I was having a little talk to uh, last week. It, it popped up when I, I was doing something else. I thought, this sounds really good. Right up Tammy Ginders, this idea of just changing the way you drink. It's called the Smart Boil Campaign. And if we all took part, it could make a real difference. I did find out more by speaking to someone who's a bit of a tea expert. We should be roaring, a man who thought of pouring the first boiling water onto tea. I like a nice cup of tea in the morning. Water starts. Hello, I'm Sharon Hall, um, Chief Executive of the UK Tea and Infusions Association. We're all probably guilty of overfilling the kettle before we boil it. And uh, so the simple act of just measuring out the water you need with your cup and mug is a really small change to make. And actually, lots of small changes can make um, add up to a big impact. So the detailed stats of the Smart Boil campaign are on our website, t.co.uk. And you just click on the Smart Boil logo to find out more. But the experts at Carbon Intelligence have looked at this for us and what it would mean if everybody in the UK used the smart boil approach. And with tea being the nation's favorite drink, we we consume over hundred million cups of tea a day. So if we boil even just twice as much as the water we need as a nation, we are wasting a significant amount of energy. And by measuring the water out, which is a small change to make, we could save over 2.5 million kilowatt hours of electricity per day in the UK. So that's quite staggering, isn't it? It is amazing, the size. And this is one of these things, isn't it? I think there's always this question when it comes to making a change, obviously climate change in the news at the moment, sustainability. And when you break it down to the individuals, people quite often, you do hear this phrase, well, what can I do? You know, well, it doesn't really matter if I just, you know, I'm not going to make any difference. But if we all do it, then it makes a massive difference. Absolutely. I think it's lots of little changes make a big difference. And I think something like climate change, it seems so huge, doesn't it? What could I do as an individual? But if we all make these little changes, turn our thermostats down by one degree, perhaps have a slightly shorter hot shower in the morning and only boil the water that you need, then it will all add up to a really big difference. And, and also you get an extra benefit here because if you only um, boil your water once, so if we're overfilling the kettle, we're always reboiling it, the same water, all of the oxygen gets driven out of that water and you don't make such a tasty cup of tea because the tea leaves actually need that oxygen, um, oxygen to energize and then you get the best flavor out of your tea when you make a cuppa. So you're getting a bonus if you do this right. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's I'd never really thought of that, that before because I'm afraid I'm, I'm guilty of all these things. I do tend to sort of fill the kettle at least half up if I'm putting the kettle on. And then again, I'm a terrible one putting it on, going out and doing something else, coming back, thinking, oh, reboiling it again then uh, before I actually then put the tea leaves in, put it into the pot and such like. So there's a, a double, you know, a sort of a win-win situation here. We can help save a planet, save on our own bills, certainly become more sustainable. And as you were saying there... In theory, at least, your tea is going to taste better if you don't keep reboiling all your water. If you actually have a fresh drawer of water, just boil a small amount, then your tea is going to taste better as well. 
Yeah, and I would say it's actually win-win-win because it's save energy, better tasting cup of tea, and you'll save your time because it's much less time to boil just that right amount than it is to boil your overly filled kettle. So win-win-win. So now I suppose it's just an educational process is it, in this campaign because that's the hardest thing, isn't it, is to break people's habits and that if people are in the habit of just, you know, oh yes, oh, fancy a cup of tea, turn the tap on, get the kettle, fill it up and such like, and the chances are people will put in, you know, half, you know, a pint, two pints, three, however big their kettle is. There's a temptation just to fill it up. Is it now a case of just trying to get people to think differently? And I suppose perhaps an increase with the, some of those taps which sort of instantly boil means you perhaps can just think differently that way and just, you know, put it straight into a mug. And if you're having a mug of tea, just boil a mug of water. Well, absolutely. And some kettles also have measures on the side which tell you how many cups. So if you've got one of those, you can also make sure that you use that gauge to only fill up the kettle to the level you need. Um, But we have, yes, absolutely. It is about education. And we've been posting messages across all of our social media channels. So we're we're on all of them. I think we're at UK Talking Tea um, and just trying to reiterate what a difference this could make if people do make this very small change. Okay, so hand on heart time. We won't hold it against you, depending on how you answer, but have you managed to break the habit yourself? Or can you leave from the front and say, yep, you know what, if I'm going to make my cup of tea now, I've done this interview, I will just put a mug into my kettle, boil that and do it. Or uh, can you really say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get out of that habit of boiling the kettle? I'm doing it. It's been absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I've, I've been doing it since we started the campaign. And what hit me first was the time saving. It was so quick to boil the kettle, which is great if you're busy working at home or you're looking after children, etc. You know, it doesn't take as much time to make your cup of tea, which has been absolutely great. And, you know, I obviously love a cup of tea working for the Tea and Infusions Association. So anything that's going to make my tea taste better, I'm definitely going to stick with. Um, and it's better for your household um, pocket as well. So costs go down. I, there's nothing to lose here. And one very f- quick final question as someone, a tea drinker myself, but someone I do like using loose tea rather than the ubiquitous tea bag, which does tend to sort of dominate the market now. Do you think it works just as well for those who, who prefer to have their tea loose? Oh, absolutely. This is just about um, boiling the water to make that tea. So it doesn't matter if your tea is loose or in a bag. You'll still get all the benefits of energy saving, time saving and the better tasting cupper. So everybody should do this. Well, there you are. And I have to say, I don't want, I'm not trying to be sort of like, ooh, smug here, because I would never do that, clearly. Um, but my greatest achievement in a tea making process is if I've just put exactly the right amount of tea. You're ahead of the, uh, you're you're ahead of of the curve as ever, aren't you? Well, that's it. I've, I've got a friend, um, Ben Scott. I don't know if he's listening, if you are, Ben. Um, but this Hello, is something ben. that we talk about a lot. And it's just we get a lot of pleasure from be- just being able to pour exactly the right amount of hot water into a cup for a cup of it tea or coffee. It in your house. I know. Um, but also, and I don't know if you do this, and it can become a bit of a fixation. Go on. When you're filling your car up, you have a figure in your head, I don't know, £30. Yeah. And if you can get it exactly on the 30 and the zeros, there is also a sense of achievement. Oh, Okay. The problem is, if it goes to 30.01 or 02, 
then you have to keep going maybe if you get into that frame of mind. So I have to almost force myself not to become completely fixated on it. But yeah, it's a little game and you can get an immense amount of pleasure from it. <laughs> the hours must just fly by. They do actually, they do. But isn't it nice being able to get a sense of satisfaction from something so simple? Well, actually, I'm j- joking apart. Yes, you're right. Uh, there is a lot of... Be- I-, I do, not necessarily those ones, but you're absolutely right. I do have little things in my life which make me very happy. Well, that's and good you know to what? know, I- That's good to know. <laughs> As the actress said to the bishop. And uh, the other thing I was thinking about was... Um, you know what, it does make... I'm not very good at doing the whole thing with uh, not filling the kettle. Uh, quite the opposite. I'm guilty. So I'm going to try and change my habits. I am guilty of sort of like half filling the kettle every time. I just think, well, I'll need some more water anyway. It's not worth just putting a tiny amount in. I'll put in a couple of pints. So what you could do is just fill your cup with the water and pour that into the kettle. Then you know you're going to get pretty much the exact amount that you need. Absolutely so. You're listening to Tammy Gunders here on Manx Radio. I wonder... If you're wondering what Tammy Ginders means, I wonder. With Beth and myself, H, and we wonder about, well, pretty much anything, really. What else have you been wondering about? Well, you might have heard at the start of the programme that we took our children on an educational visit when we were on holiday recently. We took them to see Hadrian's Wall. I wondered what their reaction was going to be. Probably wasn't disappointed, if uh, the truth be told. Mm. So I thought then that I would try a different tack uh, when we went on another little trip. So as as awful parents, in the view of our children, subjected them to a couple of hours at Hadrian's Wall and one of the forts, we agreed to going somewhere that Ben wanted to go. And where are we, Ben? Carlisle United Stadium, the football stadium. Right. And I should be excited about this because... It's more exciting than the wall. So now what we're doing is walking through a car park. You can't actually walk inside Thanks. the pitch though. Right, okay. Well surely you've seen one football stadium, seen them all, isn't it? No, this is literally like a lower league one. And you go to the Everton one, it'll be massive. Right. Carlisle United fan, are you? No. <laughs> right. Right. So we're here just to look around. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I don't know about anybody else. I am. Yeah. Oof. We're going past the executive parking spaces here. Ooh, David Allen's space here. He's got two spaces reserved for him. I'm going to walk all the way around. Look, those are the stairs that you go inside. Going past the refreshments bit. Let me tell you a little bit about the stadium then. Uh, it has a capacity of 18,202. It's got both seated and terraced areas, apparently. We can't see them because we're just walking through the car park. The four stands are known as Main, which is the West Stand and Paddock. The East Stand, the Waterworks Petrol Stand and the Warwick Road End, which usually hosts the most vocal supporters on match days, apparently. In the past, the stadium has been, unfortunately, the victim of severe flooding and a fire which burnt down the wooden grandstand, which stood until 1953. So, there you go. And we are currently just walking through the car park. Worth the visit, was it, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. It's more exciting than a stone brick wall. You don't even like football, Holly. I do. She does now. Yeah. It's clearly preferable to stone brick walls. Yeah. 
Well, do you well, know what? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to stop doing the educational visits because I do think at some subliminal level that it's going to make a difference. You're right. In years to come, they'll think, why, oh, why did mum drag us no, around they these won't. bloody boring they won't. places? They no? won't. Oh, okay. They really won't. Because I'm just going to share something with you now. Um, I remember lots of things from my childhood mm. and one of them was spending a lot of time at my grandmother's house. We were very fortunate to live fairly close by, so saw my grandparents most days. And one of the things I always remember is her collection of teddy bears. She was um, very, very keen on having the bears and she'd had a lot of them since she was very small. And I remember in her bedroom, she had a, a great big mahogany wardrobe and there was a particular teddy that was on the top of this wardrobe that always used to oversee everybody who walked in and out of the room. And I've got this bear here because I thought it'd be nice over the next few weeks for us to bring in each week, uh, taking it in turns, something that means something to us, not of great financial value, but just something that's got a story behind it or, a you know, some sense of of. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Attachment, maybe. Mm. Yes, um, sentimental attachment and, and linked to the past and linked yeah. to, to your so sort of, uh, yeah. This is um, my first one. And this he is, is spectacular. a lion. Um, he's got a magnificent mane. It is a little bit threadbare, but I have to say he's in fantastic condition considering how old he was. Um, I mean, she was born in 1914. I'm not exactly sure of how old he is but he's filled with straw from you the feel, feel of it amazing isn't um it? got a lovely tail tail's still a good neck it really yeah, is I he like hasn't that. got any ears he's never had ears and i don't know if that's just the design well, they're, un they're under his mane aren't they okay yeah. maybe that is it um but his, his little eyes and I, both eyes they're still that's i cool. don't know what she called him i can't remember but i imagine um that if she were to give him a name i thought of Bertie that sprung oh, to my mind I was thinking so I thought, Cedric were you oh Cedric would be a good one mm. as well actually um but yeah isn't it amazing like this has got so many feelings attached to it this one item and um I just thought it'd be nice for us to to explore that over yeah. the next few weeks and you know every time I look at him I think of my grandmother and he was up in my attic for a long time but I thought no he needs to come downstairs so now he sits in the lounge on the bookcase and oversees everything well, going you've on inspired in me I have something that uh, definitely reminds me of one of my grandmothers so I'll bring that in next week Good. Yeah, and it's look also animal themed, it. funnily enough. Oh, how mm. wonderful. Okay, how I look forward to that. Uh, we have reached the time in the programme where we take a dip into the Manx Radio archive. We have so many discs, tapes, reels here. We are so fortunate and we are looking to get it digitised so hopefully more people will have access to the wonderful audio heritage that Fingers we have crossed. here. Uh, you've picked something out this week. What have you got? I brought out a cassette, Grandma. <laughs> uh, if you remember cassettes, those of a certain age will. So, uh, yeah, I just dig in, and as long as it plays, I can get it to play in the cassette machine in Studio 3. I'll push the button and see what happens. OK, here we go. OK. On Manx Radio. Hello, and a very warm welcome to this week's programme. Now, today, I'll be looking at a hyperactive children's support group here on the Isle of Man with its founder and organiser, Gay Solly. I'll be taking you into a wonderland of dinky toys and models of every description, and that's a totally new enterprise in Peel. And my main guest is John Mattock, a distinguished rose breeder whose family have been growing the world's most popular flower since 1875 and can boast an annual crop of half a million rose bushes. 
So do stay with me for the next 60 minutes when everything will be coming up roses. Although I cannot promise you a rose garden. I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rose garden along with the sunshine. There's gotta be a little rain sometime. Geraldine, still great to hear her. Oh, it really is. You know, again, her voice evokes so many memories for me. Me too, I must admit. And they're all so well-researched. And she had a huge variety of really famous people sometimes as well. We'll dig more out next week. I'll dig out my granny-related bear. <laughs> <laughs>